we've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. It was all started by a match. Oh boy, here we go! Are you kidding me? Out of the gates, this is not happening! By the way, what title would you like? Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. I ain't like a pig! Pumba, you are a pig. Oh. I almost forgot. That's why they call me Thumper. You're listening to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. My name is David Dollar, and I'm your host for this little excursion into magical podcastiness, whatever you want to call it. Thank you so much for downloading, for subscribing, for reviewing. I've seen some reviews come up, which is really, really nice. Share the show. Tell, tell friends about the show. That's the only way the show is going to grow is if you share the posts you see on Facebook and on Twitter and such, retweets, things like that. Say, hey, Disney podcast, listen to this guy. Uh, he knows what he's talking about. And even if I don't, I'm going to fake it pretty well. I can tell you that. So first up, before we get to the Marvel stuff, which you may have noticed the episode is called Marvel Cinematic Timeline 2.0. First up, I got to tell you that Disney has released summer promotions. Now, summer promotions had already come out a little while ago, and they, the booking window ended, so you can't really capitalize on those promotions. Well, new promotions have come out, and I mean, they're not the greatest we've ever seen, but it's not bad. You can get a free meal with your trip. Uh, you can actually get a free meal um, per night at select Walt Disney World resorts at quick service dining locations when you get a qualifying package. You can also get room discounts, get gift cards with certain rooms as well. Um, that's all. You can actually find that on magiconadollar.com slash 2019 Summer Savings. So magicondollar.com, go there, scroll, and you'll find the link, or just magicondollar.com slash 2019 Summer Savings, and you can find all the details there. And, and I haven't posted this yet, but I figured out, if you're a Visa card holder, you can get free dining. Why would you not call me? I'm your favorite Disney travel planner, aren't I? Exactly. So let's talk a little bit of Marvel. Now that that stuff's out of the way, now, we're not going to do any news or anything. This episode is going to be all about Marvel, and I don't want to throw anything else in here because otherwise this episode will be three hours long, which might actually match the Avengers in-game uh, in-game uh, runtime. First up, there are no in-game spoilers in this episode. I want to say that right off the bat. You will not hear any in-game information. I'm not even going to revert to what I've seen, what I've heard. If you're listening to this on Thursday, that I will, I'm seeing it twice tonight, 6 p.m. and 10 p.m., so I'm super excited. If you're listening to this on Friday and beyond, I've already seen it twice and might go see it again. I'm so excited for Endgame. I just cannot tell you how excited I am for Endgame. So what I wanted to do this episode is I wanted to give you a Marvel Cinematic Timeline Rundown. I want to kind of go back, uh, looking at all the movies real quick, kind of give you a quick overview on all of this. Now, you can also find this on my other podcast, The Deuce Cast Movie Show. Go to thedeucecast.com or find it on iTunes, The Deuce Cast Movie Show. Episode 375 is a Marvel primer. Myself, my co-host Michael, uh, our good friend, Twitterless Dr. Earl, and um, we have a friend of ours calling in from Georgia, uh, Little G, Garrison Rife, and he's calling in as well. And he, all four of us talk about the Marvel Universe as a whole, movie by movie, kind of giving a refresher, a primer, leading up to Endgame. We kind of make some predictions. We give our favorites of the, of the whole series and such. Well, I'm kind of going to kind of do the same thing here. Here. And I went back and I listened to the episode, episode number 28 of the Magic on a Dollar podcast from May 10th, 2018, and I kind of did the same thing leading into Infinity War. Infinity War had just come out. I had already seen it. I didn't do spoilers then for that. 
And I thought, well, you know, let me let me do something for the Marvel Cinematic Timeline then. So everything was in there up until Infinity War. I didn't have anything with Ant-Man and the Wasp or Captain Marvel. So I'm thinking, well, let me just do that this time. So I went back and listened to the episode. It's kind of the same stuff that I want to talk about today. Like a lot of the same things I want to talk about, I will say in this episode as I did then. And then I thought, you know what? I'm not a guy who has a ton of time. I don't want to reinvent the Marvel wheel. So what I did was I actually took some sound bites and some pieces from that episode, and you will hear them in this episode. So you may not remember anything from episode 28, and if you didn't, that's okay. Don't worry about going back, because this is that episode is going to be this episode plus more. So we're going to kick it off here. Now, if you're not a Marvel fan, I, I understand. I, I get it. You've had Marvel thrown in your face in every turnaround. Every time you turn around for Disney, there's Marvel or Star Wars, and you're just like, I can't stand it. Uh... Endgame is the culmination. I think everything will die down a little bit after Endgame. There will be some Marvel movies that will be coming up. Spider-Man Far From Home is coming this July. And so things will settle down for the Marvel Universe overall. So just push through Endgame. And this episode may not be your favorite because we're going to talk a lot about Marvel. We're going to use terms like Ragnarok and Thanos and Infinity Stones and things like that. And things that you're like, I don't care But you may know somebody who does. You may know somebody who loves Marvel, and this is a great chance for you to listen and kind of get in tune to what's going on and maybe have some intelligent conversations with those people. You can talk Thanos. Hey, you know, let's talk about those uh, that that reality stone. What about that orange color, huh? Exactly. Do whatever you want. So anyway, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start it off with the very beginning of the the movies with Incredible Hulk, Captain America, Iron Man, kind of go from there movie by movie, and at the very end of it, we'll get to Infinity War. We'll talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. We'll talk about uh, Captain Marvel leading up to Endgame. Listen, there are no spoilers. A reminder, there are no spoilers for Endgame. However, I'm going to spoil everything else. So if you get to a movie you haven't seen, just scroll ahead a little bit or just listen to it or go watch that movie real quick. I mean, and I'll try to give you, I'm actually going to give you a list at the end of the show of movies that you really need to see in order to understand uh, Endgame. And there's 22 movies. Endgame is the 22nd, so I'm not going to tell you to watch all 21 other films. You probably don't have time to, but, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow night or tonight, whenever the movie opens for you. But I'm going to give you a list of maybe 8 or 10 films that you really should see to kind of get a good idea of what's happening. So let's go ahead and kick this thing off, and we will start with the beginning. Now, the first movie that came out was The Incredible Hulk. Edward Norton installed as Bruce started as Bruce Banner in The Hulk. And this movie is fantastic. I think it's really, really good. I'm not somebody who is a huge, huge Hulk fan. So this is a movie that I've only seen once or twice in 10 years. So this is not something I don't even know that much about the movie itself. I don't remember. I don't even remember. Is there a post-credit scene in this movie? I don't remember. I don't remember at all. Now, if you're looking at timeline-wise, okay, if you're looking at timeline-wise, the first one, if you wanted to watch these all like laid out in terms of timeline, You'd have to go to Captain America, the first Avenger, in 2011. All right, that's where Captain America was introduced. Steve Rogers came out. You know, he, he was this little scrawny guy with his good friend Bucky Barnes, and they're in, you know, they're in World War II, and he wants to volunteer, and he's given this serum. Uh, in the comics, he's known as Weapon One. By by comparison, Wolverine is known as Weapon X. It's kind of the same consistent program all the way through. So he's Weapon One. And so he gets this shield made of vibranium, which we later find out is what is in Wakanda. Cap and his friends, Bucky Barnes, fight Hydra. And Hydra is this really sinister organization trying to control the world, much like Nazism. And they're using this little orb, this powerful blue orb, that uh, that's helping power all of their stuff, helping power all their, their, their military stuff and all their weaponry and things like that. Come to find out that blue orb is the Space Stone. It's a Tesseract, a little cube with a stone inside that is the Space Stone, which can transport people across space. 
That comes into play later. Not just the stone, but the whole transporting space thing. You find that out in Infinity War. So at the end of this movie... Nick Fury warms in. It's modern day. We're back to modern day times. Uh, Steve Rogers is kind of in the, in the gym. He's working out. Nick Fury walks in and tells him a little bit about this, this thing they're putting together called the Avengers Initiative. Trouble sleeping? You here with a mission, sir? I am. Trying to get me back in the world? Trying to save it. Nick Fury, of course, is the at this time the head of SHIELD, an operative of SHIELD. SHIELD stands for the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. You don't have to remember that. Just know it's a government agency that protects the country and, and the world. They're known as SHIELD. Okay, so we'll talk about SHIELD uh, a little bit here and there. Now, going back to the actual timeline or chrono- chronological release of the movies itself, Iron Man was the movie that came out after Incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk was first. Iron Man came out second, introducing Tony Stark, uh, Robert Downey Jr. That's the first time we saw we see, saw this guy. His girl, his uh, his his date, Pepper Potts, played by Gwyneth Paltrow, was also in this, and his good friend James Rhodes, played by Terrence Howard. Now, if those of you who know who Terrence Howard is, he's an he's a he's a really he's a really good actor. He's most known for movies like Hustle and Flow and things like that. Great actor. And you may wonder, well, I haven't seen Terrence Howard in movie any movies lately. We'll get to that. We'll talk about that in a second. But Iron Man comes out. Of course, the story is that he goes overseas. You know, he's he's building weaponry. He's that's how he makes his money. Building weaponry and everything. He's selling it to whatever. He goes to the Middle East. He gets stuck there. He finds out what his weapons are being used for, and he has a change of heart. He's like, we're gonna fix this. So he builds himself an Iron Man suit to fly out of there, and that's exactly what happens. So he becomes Iron Man. Post credit scene, Nick Fury comes in, talks to Tony Stark, and says, Hey, we're putting together this thing. We're building a team called the Avengers. We want you to be a part of it. I am Iron Man. You think you're the only superhero in the world? Mr. Stark, you become part of a bigger universe. You just don't know it yet. Who the hell are you? Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. All right, Iron Man 2 comes out 2010. This is where we are introduced to Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow. She comes in, she joins S.H.I.E.L.D. She was a former Russian operative who's turned and joined the good guys. So now she's uh, she's a part of uh, part of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Mickey Rourke's the bad guy. He just mumbles a lot. He has a bird on his shoulder. He's known as Whiplash. It doesn't matter. The movie's not that good. It's okay. It's not my favorite. Um, we also get to see War Machine for the first time. That is, of course, James Rhodes. Played by Terrence Howard in the first one, but Terrence Howard and the producers and whoever had a falling out, so they replaced him with Don Cheadle, who is now in all the movies. So Don Cheadle is War Machine. That's where we first see him for the first time. So, so far, we've only got the Space Stone, Steen and Captain America First Avenger. 2011 is when Captain America First Avenger comes out, so that's really when we see the first reality stone, okay? And I think this is probably the point where they're like... Let's start working these movies together towards something. 2011 comes out Thor. Chris Hemsworth is introduced for the first time. Oh, 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 oh Iron Man 2, the post credit scene. Uh, this is important because you also get to meet Agent Coulson. Agent Coulson played by actor Clark Gregg, who is the head of the TV show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's kind of the same thing. But he is at New Mexico. He's actually talking to Tony Stark, and he's like, hey, I got a call, I got to leave. So he goes to New Mexico to this big crater that has been created, and there's a hammer right in the middle of it. That's Thor. So we know Thor's coming. 2011, Thor comes out. Uh, Odin, who is the the king and the ruler of Asgard, he banishes Thor to Earth because he thinks Thor is kind of cocky. You will also see Hawkeye there because Thor sees his hammer. Uh, he tries to get his hammer. It's it's being it's in his military base. So he walks in to get his hammer. Uh, Hawkeye is there with a bow and arrow. Uh, sidebar, I love Hawkeye. I don't know why people jank on Hawkeye because really there's no difference in him and Legolas because Legolas is just from Lord of the Rings. He's an elf with a bunch of arrows and he's a really good shot. Uh, Hawkeye has cooler arrows and looks cooler. 
So lay off of Hawkeye. He's one of my favorite Avengers, so back off. Just because he can't fly, didn't have a suit or whatever, he's cool. So we see Hawkeye for the first time here, just in a cameo appearance, nothing big. But Thor and Loki also comes out. Loki's the bad guy in this one. They kind of butt heads, and this is where we meet Loki for the first time. All right, so in the credits scene, Nick Fury tells a scientist, a random scientist, that S.H.I.E.L.D. has now recovered the Tesseract, the stone from Captain America's plane. The end of Captain America First Avenger, the plane went down to the ocean uh, along with it, Captain America as well, and we thought Captain America was gone forever, but of course he's not. Bucky Barnes also was killed in that one, or maybe he wasn't, who knows. 2012 is the Avengers. Marvel's The Avengers is where we actually see the team-up of Captain America, the Hulk, Black Widow, Thor, Iron Man. They're all there together for the first time in an exceptional movie. I love this movie. This is and 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 friends of mine who know know me well enough, they know that I have a list of 100 favorite films of all time, and this is in that list. This is like number 20 or something of like 20 or 21st favorite film of all time. I love this movie. I love Avengers. We see Thanos for the first time. We meet him actually for the first time. We don't see him early on, but he is given a a, a stick as Iron Man calls it the glow stick of destiny. That's what Tony Stark calls it in the movie. But he gives him a stick that contains the mind stone. Okay, so he wants Loki to go down there, control some minds to help take to help take over Earth, basically. So Loki comes down there and he takes over Hawkeye's mind with a tap of his mind stone stick. So Hawkeye turns against the Avengers and they have this big falling out. They have this big big battle, things like that. So he also steals the Tesseract, uh, which is the space stone, which Agent Coulson has a hold of or has property of. So he steals the Tesseract, which is the little cube. Kills Agent Coulson, which somehow or another Agent Coulson comes back and is an Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So he steals that. So this is where we see Thanos for the first time. We get the Mind Stone. We have the Space Stone. So now we have two stones. Mind Stone, Space Stone. Those have been introduced in there. post credit scene. Thanos, for the first time, is actually seen. It's the first time we see his face. We didn't know who the villain was at the beginning of the movie. And unless you're a comic guy, you didn't really know who Thanos was at the end of the movie. When you saw his face, he's kind of big, this big grin on his face. Comic book nerds were like, oh, that's Thanos. Little did we know that Thanos was going to be the main villain from here on out. Kind of the underlying villain. So shortly after, timeline-wise, the Battle of New York, which is the big battle at the end of Avengers, Iron Man 3 comes out. It's really kind of an inconsequential movie. It really just furthers the story of Tony Stark with Pepper Potts. He battles this villain named Killian. I mean, there's not a whole lot other to it than just that. I think the post credit scene is him. You find out he's talking to, he's been laying on a couch, uh, like in a psychiatric chair, talking to Mark Ruffalo, talking to, to Bruce Banner. So you see that they're friends. That's kind of the extent of that. Uh, 2013, Thor The Dark World comes out. Probably one of my least favorite of the Marvel movies. Maybe my least favorite of the Marvel movies. There's this, these aliens. They're controlling this stuff called the, the Aether, the Aether. It's this red substance. They're trying to turn all matter into dark substance because that's what evil things do. We find out that the, the Aether is actually the reality stone. The reality stone allows you to, to alter reality. Okay, so Loki helps defeat helps defeat the bad guys and as well. So in the, the credit scene, the post-credit scene, Thor can't keep the reality stone at Asgard because the space stone is already there. He's rescued the space stone, so it's there. So he takes the reality stone over to the Collector, and the Collector is on this this different planet, and I forget the name of it. I want to say the planet's called Nowhere, but the Collector is there, and he's this eccentric character played by Benicio Del Toro, and if you look at that scene itself, and if you're a comic book nerd, you'll recognize several things in there from different things, including... Howard the Duck, who is in that scene. Anyway, so the Collector now has the Reality Stone. All right, so let's go to Captain America, the Winter Soldier. We're getting there, folks. We're getting there. Do you follow me along so far? Next up, 2014's Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which is, by the way, is an exceptional film. It's also in my top 100. It's a great movie. I I think I love the Captain America trilogy over any other trilogy that we have in so far in the MCU over the Iron Man trilogy, even over the Avengers trilogy. Age of Ultron is good. I think that's the weak link out of the three. 
none of the Captain America movies are weak. They're all fantastic. Uh, so Nick Fury tells Captain America that S.H.I.E.L.D. is building a worldwide surveillance system that can track anybody. And, of course, Cap's like, that's not that's not what we do. We don't just surveil people at random. So, of course, Hydra comes back, and there's a big thing going on there. And Hydra introduces this assassin called the Winter Soldier, which may or may not have killed Nick Fury. We don't know. So Cap and Black Widow go on the run because uh, they're trying to run from the bad guys, and they track down, they track down uh, uh, Sam Wilson. So Sam Wilson helps them as well. Nick Fury apparently comes back uh, a hydra scientist in the post credit scene um hydra scientist reveals that he has created two new mutants using the mind stone this is where we meet scarlet witch and quicksilver for the first time he uses the mind stone to create these 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 super villains of course wanda is able to control things with these little red fireballs she pulls out pietro is quicksilver he's this incredibly super duper fast crazy guy uh and i don't think they call them mutants in the the mcu i think they're called inhumans uh, 2014, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out, a brand new group for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Nobody had even heard about the Guardians of the Galaxy. And up until this time, a kind of obscure comic book, somehow or another Disney found it and said, hey, let's do something with this, and now they're hugely popular. But this is this is the beauty of Marvel. They're able to take these sub-characters like Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, even Iron Man, which wasn't that popular of a character. Mind you, in 2005-2006, Iron Man was there, but he wasn't like this, this massive major frontrunner like Captain America or Wolverine or whatever. You know, they turn these characters into major players in movies, which is awesome. So Guardians of the Galaxy comes out 2014. This hasn't really done a whole lot with the story of the story uh, of the total MCU. It just kind of introduces the characters. The Power Stone is introduced. You do get to see Thanos. He sends his adopted daughter Gamora to steal the stone, which is owned by Star-Lord, Peter Quill. And so Peter Quill and, and Gamora eventually join forces with uh, together, and they join forces with Groot and with Rocket and with Drax, uh, played by Dave Bautista, by the way. Which, random trivia for you, when Dave Bautista, who is a former WWE champion and a wrestler, when he got this role, he cried because he knew what this role was going to do for him. He actually went out and hired acting coaches immediately so he could, he could be better, so he could be better at what he does, which is awesome. Uh, he's, he's great in this, by the way. Drax is a beloved character. Uh, Nebula, we introduced to Nebula as well, which is Gamora's half-sister. post credit scene doesn't really do much for the whole story itself. Groot's in the post credit scene. Here's where the timeline gets a little crazy, because in the timeline, we actually go straight to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 from 2017. That's not the way the movies were released in order, but we'll just go with the timeline so you'll kind of understand. Uh, Peter finds out his father is named Ego and actually is a planet. Peter Quill finds out his father is a planet named Ego. I, I didn't I didn't stutter. His father is a planet. It, it makes sense in the confines of the story. A little wacky, but it's a fun movie. It really, really is. Post-credit scene, there's not a whole lot to that. Um, but that's happened in the timeline of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Also happening in the timeline, which after the events of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, you actually have 2015's Avengers Age of Ultron. And this is where Ultron, the villain, is introduced using the Mind Stone. This is where Vision is introduced, played by Paul Bettany. He's kind of the, the red guy with the cape and stuff. And so just the story is Tony Stark is trying to create a new thing, trying to create a new, like, uh, I guess a new superhero. Um, he's got this computer system called Jarvis, which is pretty amazing, and he's able to do all this. It's it's movie storytelling where you can just, you know, press a button on your super suit and say, let's do this, and suddenly it happens because it happens to all be contained in your suit, which is insane. But that's the way it works. And so he creates Jarvis. Jarvis ends up turning into the Vision with the Mind Stone planted in the top of his head. The post credit scene here in this one, Thanos is fed up with all the failures of all his people trying to send to Earth and trying to get these things, uh, he puts this glove on. Fine. I'll do it myself. 
This is really the first time we kind of get a sense of what the glove is. This big yellow glove. It's called the Infinity Gauntlet. The trick is you have to get all the stones to put into the Infinity Gauntlet. There's little spaces for them. Once you do, all these stones work together to create this all massive power that you have. And I'll get to that when I get to Infinity War. But that's where we see Thanos for the first time. So Thanos comes in. 2015 Ant-Man also comes out. Uh, Paul Rudd, one of my favorite actors, is in this. We're introduced to Hank Pym, played by Michael Douglas, and his daughter Hope, played by Evangeline Lilly. And uh, they're trying to harness this shrinking technology that they have developed. They have this villain named Darren Cross, and they kind of battle. Uh, Scott Lang gets pulled into it. He becomes Ant-Man. The post-credit scene only is there to show you that Hope becomes the Wasp. Uh, who is another character of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 2016, Captain America Civil War. This is a... I love Civil War, and in thinking about it, I might like it more than Marvel's The Avengers. I do. Uh, a lot happens in this movie. At the very beginning of the movie, uh, some, some tragedy stuff happens, some accidental stuff happens where people die. When the Avengers are saving the day, Captain America and Scarlet Witch, Wanda, and some others are there, but some bad things happen, some innocent people die. Iron Man, Tony Stark, meets with the government. It's like, we have to get this under order. We have to come up with some sort of accord because, you know, people are like, hey, these Avengers superheroes are killing us. They're, you know, all the Battle of New York and this, this whatever, all these things are happening. And the Age of Ultron happens, um... In a country, fictitious country called Sokovia, where a lot of innocent people die there. And so, you know, they're coming out with these Sokovia Accords. Now, uh, half the team doesn't want to sign it, half the team does. So they kind of they, they kind of butt heads over this whole thing. We are introduced to Black Panther, who is the, the, the prince of Wakanda. T'Challa is his father. I'm sorry, T'Chaka is his father. T'Challa is Black Panther. And in the movie, T'Chaka dies. And we think it's, we're led to believe that it's Bucky Barnes resurfacing. He's become the Winter Soldier. He's back. He's he's killing everybody. So that's what's happening in Marvel's Civil War. So we get Black Panther as well. A lot happens in this movie. I, there's, I'm not going to spoil it for you. It's a great scene in the airport where all the, all the heroes are actually fighting each other, which is pretty awesome. Post-credit scene, Black Panther is brings Bucky to Wakanda. So Wakanda is freezing Bucky so they can figure out how to fix him. Um, and when I say fix him, you'll just have to watch the movie to understand he's been brainwashed and he's coming out of the brainwashing. He's now a good guy again, but the brainwashing is still there. So they're trying to fix him as well. Happening in the timeline, basically a week after the events of, uh, of, of Civil War is the, actually the movie Black Panther. So you get the whole story of Black Panther and not a whole lot of stuff happens in the MCU in Black Panther except to kind of tell the story of Wakanda and Black Panther and how he becomes Black Panther. He fights the villain Killmonger played by Michael B. Jordan, which is amazing. I love Michael B. Jordan as a villain. Post-credit scene, uh, Suri, who is Black Panther's sister, she meets up with Bucky Barnes. Bucky Barnes comes out and, uh, you know, has been recovered now. So, So there you go. So... Now we go to Spider-Man Homecoming, which is happening a couple weeks after the events of Civil War. So Civil War is kind of a mainstay. That's kind of a pivotal point here. So you got Peter Parker, which I love the fact they don't show you how Peter Parker got bit. A lot of the other previous movies, they spend half the movie till leading up to Peter Parker getting bit by the spider. They don't do that here. They just kind of start with it. Spider-Man's also actually introduced in Civil War in a great scene, in a fantastic scene. Um, they just kind of bring him out of nowhere, so there he is. In Spider-Man Homecoming, Peter Parker is trying to become an official member of the Avengers, and it's a lot of fun. It's such a good movie. He's the best Peter Parker I've ever seen, and that is even better than Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire was a good Peter Parker. Tom Holland is a fantastic, fantastic one. Vulture, played by Michael Keaton, is the villain, and I love Vulture. He's I love it when it's not just, I want to dominate the world, but they actually have motives behind what they do, and Vulture is not a bad guy. He's just trying to protect his family, and in doing so, he has to do some very bad things to do it. Now, what we skipped over in terms of release date, but now happening in this timeline, is Doctor Strange from 2016. 
we get introduced to Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, portrayal of Doctor Strange, which again is phenomenal. His 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 Doctor Strange is fantastic. I love him in this role. He's so good in this. This is where we get to see the Time Stone introduced. Now we haven't had a couple of stone, we haven't had stones introduced in a couple of movies here. So keep in mind we've got the Mind Stone, the Power Stone, the Reality Stone, the Space Stones to draw here. The Time Stone is not introduced, which basically you can alter time by twisting your hands. Uh, you can alter time. So that's in there. So we've got that. Uh, 2017 Thor Ragnarok, which is kind of a comedy, actually, which is really, really funny. With Thor and Hulk, it's kind of a buddy comedy, buddy film. And this is kind of a what happened to Hulk after the events of Age of Ultron. So these movies kind of connect this way. We're all also introduced to, uh, to, to Valkyrie. Loki steals the Tesseract, which has been on Asgard, which is the Space Stone. At the very end of Thor Ragnarok... I'm not going to spoil anything when I say this. It's just really good. At the very end, they're all talking, you know, talk, Loki and Thor are talking or whatever, and all of a sudden this huge ship just appears out of nowhere. You know, they're, they're looking up at the ship, and the movie ends, okay? So, up until Infinity War, we now have the Space Stone, which is the Tesseract, all right? Okay, the Collector has the Reality Stone. Novacor, which is the group that's in Guardians of the Galaxy, they have the Power Stone. Doctor Strange has the Time Stone. There's one more stone out there called the Soul Stone, and nobody exactly knows where it is. It's out there somewhere, but nobody really knows where it is. We're going to find it. So that's the goal of Infinity Wars, to tell the story of these these Infinity Stones. Can Thanos collect all of them? His goal is to get all of them together, put them in the glove. Which brings us to Avengers Infinity War, released May of 2018. A amazing feat. See, this is something that I think that people don't really appreciate about Marvel. And I've said it a thousand times, and I'm probably going to say it a thousand more. What Marvel has done over the last 10, 11 years has been remarkable. They have put together a story that has lasted this long. And not only that, they have kept everybody invested in these stories. We are invested in these characters. We want to know what happens to Captain America and Ant-Man and Hope and, uh, and, and Iron Man and Pepper Potts and Happy Hogan. We want to know what happens to these characters. We care if they live or die, and that's what's so great about Marvel. Even smaller characters... Like Ant-Man and Doctor Strange were kind of ancillary characters uh, for a long time in the Marvel Universe. I mean, they, they had their following, but they weren't big characters. And now they're brought to the forefront as major players in this whole saga. Guardians of the Galaxy, as, we, as we've mentioned before, was a very small little unit in the Marvel Galaxy, kind of buried. It was a kind of, an, uh, like, kind of a cult-following comic, and all of a sudden it's one of the most popular comics in in the Marvel Universe, in comic books. This is something that, and I don't mean to jank on DC, but I'm going to jank on DC. This is something DC has not been able to do. Their movies have been very rushed. I feel like they're trying to cram too much into a movie because they want to catch up to Marvel, what Marvel has done, and they just, they can't get it done. They haven't done it. I thought Man of Steel was awful. The Batman versus Superman movie was terrible. I liked Wonder Woman. She was she was great. The, uh, uh, the Justice League movie was very rushed. They just tried to shove everybody in there at one time with no backstory. Nobody cared about anybody. It was just awful. I mean, you might like those movies. I thought they were terrible. I thought Aquaman was actually okay, and Shazam is actually a lot of fun. And I feel like DC starting to turn the corner, maybe starting to put some things right in this universe. I'm hoping they do because I really like the characters of Superman, and I want to see them. I want to see them done right. But Marvel has done it wonderfully. It's evidenced by the fact that you take a movie like Infinity War and you have all of these characters. You've got the Avengers. You've got the Guardians of the Galaxy. You've got the S.H.I.E.L.D. characters. You've got all of these characters all together, and they're all being brought together into this interweaving story, which will extend, of course, into Endgame. So let me kind of give you the rundown of what happens here uh, as a reminder in Infinity War, if you haven't seen it for a while. Thanos has his henchmen, Obsidian, Ebony Maw, Proxima Midnight, and Glaive. 
I know those are strange names. Just go with me here. They're all in the hunt for the Infinity Stones to, to put into the gauntlet, into the glove that he's got. He, at the beginning of the movie, he's already wiped that Nova Corps, and, of course, that is where the, uh, the Power Stone is. So he's got the Power Stone in the glove. Uh, he overtakes the ship, holding Thor, Loki, Banner, and all the Asgardians, which we saw at the very end of Thor Ragnarok. The ship was approaching. Well, that ship is now taken over. Thanos kills Loki. He kills Hemdale. Uh, he gets the Space Stone. Hemdale blasts Banner out into space, so that way um, to protect him. So he falls. Banner goes flying through space. He falls into the New York Sanctum, where Wong and Doctor Strange are protecting the Time Stone. Ebony Maw and Obsidian attack the Sanctum. They kidnap Doctor Strange. They get in a fight with Tony Stark and Peter Parker. Peter Parker and Tony Stark both end up on the spaceship trying to get Strange, trying to get Doctor Strange, and they, they kill Ebony Maw and they rescue him. Wanda and Vision are over in Europe. They're off the grid. They want us to be together. They're together. They're, they, they like each other. They're a couple, and they just want everybody to leave them alone. Midnight and Glaive ambush them, going after them. Steve Rogers, Captain America, Sam Wilson, the Falcon, and Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, rescue them, bring them back to Avengers headquarters. The team travels over to Wakanda to try to get the Mind Stone out of Vision's head. Now, Vision, remember, has that Mind Stone in his head, so they've got to get it out. They're trying not to kill Vision. They meet up with Bucky. They meet up with Black Panther and all the Wakandians. In space, Thor is floating through space. He basically slams into the Guardians of the Galaxy ship. Uh, Groot and Rocket and Thor, they all head off to try to create a weapon to defeat Thanos. Thor's hammer was destroyed in Thor Ragnarok. Are you with me so far? Okay, Peter Quill, Drax, Mantis, and Gamora. So all the Guardians, which aren't Groot and Rocket, they look, go look for Thanos on the planet Nowhere. That's where the Collector is. That's where the reality, the reality Stone is. They know Thanos is going there, so they go there. Thanos kidnaps Gamora, take her, takes her to the planet Vormir, and he sacrifices her to get the Soul Stone, so so Gamora is dead. Nebula, uh, Gamora's half-sister, escapes Thanos' clutches and meets the Guardians on the planet Titan, where they meet up with Tony, Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange. So they got all of them together. Thanos arrives, big fight going on, everybody fights. He explains that once he gets the, the gauntlet on his hand, he all the stones in the gauntlet, he's going to snap his fingers, killing half of all living creatures, controlling the population. So they also do him, um, but Peter Quill makes a dumb, boneheaded mistake, and um, uh, Thanos is able to escape. He almost kills Tony, but Doctor Strange gives Thanos the Time Stone, and then Thanos disappears. Over in Wakanda, T'Challa's sister, Shuri, is working very hard to try to get the Mind Stone out while the Thanos' army attacks Wakanda. The Wakandan armies, Black Panther, Captain America, Black Widow, Falcon, War Machine, uh, Bruce Banner, because he can't be the Hulk, the Hulk is not coming out, and they're Bucky. They're all engaging in the battle. Wanda joins the fight. Vision tries to get away to protect the, sto- protect the stone. Thor, Groot, and Rocket all arrive. Uh, Thanos arrives and gets the last stone, the Mind Stone, out of Vision's head, killing Vision. Thor attacks Thanos with the axe. He just created this axe now uh, to try to kill Thanos, but Thanos still is able to snap his fingers, and he teleports away. So in the process, Bucky, Sam Wilson, Wanda, T'Challa, which is Black Panther, Groot, Mantis, Drax, Quill, all the Guardians except for Rocket, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and a lot of Wakandans, they all fade away into dust. They basically, I mean, they're killed, but they kind of fade away. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Maria Hill and Nick Fury, this is in the end scene, they're also dusted. But Fury manages to click a pager calling on Captain Marvel. And this all happens in Infinity War. I've seen this movie three times in the last month or so. It holds up, and it is, it's great because it tells a story, this intense story, this crazy story, but it's still, you're still able to understand it. You're still able to kind of get what, what's happening, even though all these things are happening at one time. So just keep that in mind. It's, it's a little crazy. Now, Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, comes out in July of 2018. And we find that uh, Ant-Man is, is basically recruited by um, by Hope and uh, Hank, and they want to go find Janet. Now, Janet, of course, is the mom. She's Hope's mom. She's Hank's wife. She was trapped in the quantum realm many, many, many years ago. The quantum realm. I can't say that. The 
quantum realm. So they figure they're going to get Ant-Man to help them go into the quantum realm. I mean, they're going to he's going to shrink down to this atom-sized little molecule to get in there to get get him out. What happens in Ant-Man really doesn't do a whole lot for progressing the story of Avengers Endgame. It really just adds to the story of Ant-Man, of Scott Lang. But at the end, in the credit scene, Ant-Man's deep in the quantum realm getting some, some samples or whatever. He can't get out because Hope, Hank, and Janet are all dusted. So basically, that movie's happening around the same time as Infinity War is happening. And so when Thanos snaps his finger... Hope, Hank, and Janet are all gone at the same time. So then we go over to Captain Marvel, which came out in March of this year, 2019. Captain Marvel really is more of a prequel because uh, an origin story, telling the story of how Captain Marvel was discovered, you know, her, her, her efforts in space, and now she's on Earth. She meets Nick Fury. We find out how Nick Fury loses his eye. And it, again, not a whole lot in this movie kind of furthers the story of Avengers Endgame, but it does kind of give you the background on Captain Marvel because Captain Marvel is going to be a big deal in uh, in Endgame. The big thing is the credit scene. Steve Rogers, Black Widow, and the others are trying to get the pager. The pager is kind of on a little desk, and they're trying to figure out what happened. Who, who is this pager calling? Uh, you know, what happened to the pager? Where is Nick Fury? I know he's been dusted. They can't figure out what the symbol is, what's going on. Captain Marvel appears asking, where is Nick Fury? And now we're in the Endgame. Okay, so here's the list of Marvel films I think you should see. You don't have to see all 21 previous films to understand what's going on in Endgame. I think there are 10 films I think that are essential to the Marvel Universe. And here, in order, I'm going to give these to you. Now, I got this list from a friend of mine named Patty who does a blog, a great Disney blog called NoGuiltFangirl.com. It's more of a travel blog than anything else, pop culture travel stuff. I love her blog, but um, she has this here, and she has a whole list of movies to see the order you need to see them. So I'm going to give you 10 out of this longer list that I think you should see. Number one, Captain America, see the origin story. Number two, Iron Man. You need to find out where Tony Stark is from, okay? The Avengers, the first Avengers. Now, you may not really fully know who Thor is and Incredible Hulk is, but that's okay. You'll understand the story as you go. So, number four, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Uh, go to Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Uh, then you can go to see Avengers Age of Ultron. Make sure you see that one. Captain America Civil War. Thor Ragnarok. Now, that's the Thor film out of the three you definitely need to see. Black Panther, which is great for an origin story of Black Panther, but also to understand the scope of Wakanda because a lot of stuff happens in Wakanda in Infinity War and and probably in Endgame as well. Um, and, of course, Avengers Infinity War. I don't think you need to see The Incredible Hulk or Thor uh, or Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel. Now, I think those movies are fantastic, but I don't know that you probably need to see all of those if you're trying to cram here for this particular uh, for this particular in-game Avengers in-game movie. So there you go. There is your Marvel Cinematic Timeline rundown, movie by movie, all the way up until Avengers Endgame. I hope you go see the movie and I hope you enjoy it. Now I'm going to give you two resources to go to. Uh, like I said, the Deuce Cast Movie Show has an episode all about this, theducecast.com, go there. And also, you can go to my webpage, magiconadollar.com, and see the Marvel chronological timeline. So basically, everything laid out in timeline order, all the way from the Ancients of Days to 965 AD, when Odin found baby Loki among the Frost Giants, to 1942, when Captain America uh, and the Red Skull are there, all the way up until the events of Avengers Infinity War. I'm a total nerd. I'm a total geek, and I do not mind it at all. 
just so you know. Share the show. Tell other people about the show. Guys, thank you so much for indulging me here. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for letting me take a little piece of another show and bring it to this show. You guys have a great week. Enjoy Avengers Endgame. Let me know if you see it. I hope you'll love it like I know that I'm going to love it. It might already be my favorite movie of all time. I don't know. What can I say? You guys have a great day. And don't forget to thank a Phoenician. Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Magic on a Dollar, Facebook at Disney on a Dollar, and of course, magiconadollar.com. See you real soon.